In August 2015, Gary Newman and Dana Walden, co-chairs and CEOs at Fox, met with journalists to discuss the upcoming Prison Break reboot. When questioned about the reasoning behind rebooting this particular show, Walden remarked that people are still interested in these characters. And she was right. Prison Break remains one of the most successful library shows on Netflix. What is it about these properties that make them so ripe for being remade? A cynic might argue that it's the result of a tired system relying on fond nostalgia to gather as much cash as possible from a sinking ship. But what if it were something more? What if there was some intangible quality that couldn't be quantified? This show is about the search for that essence. This is Still Interested for Curio. Hello, welcome back to Still Interested, a TV and film reboot and remake podcast for Curio. I'm, as always, your back-to-back weeknight recordo boy, Ben McAllister. And I am your charming prince, Jackson Newsom. Richard Madden. And... <laughs> no, 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 just for... We should be clear, I am actually Jackson Newsom and not Richard Madden. I don't... But, the man oh, is no. very litigious. Richard yeah, Madden, if you, if you want to come on the show. Yeah, no, that's just Richard Madden trying to, like, use a pseudonym. <laughs> yeah. He's just, like, he doesn't want he's you to know. He's just undercover, yeah. yeah like, these the opinions, time. These opinions, he doesn't need in public, so, he, like, yeah. we've replaced Jackson with Richard Madden just for tonight, but he's just going to go by Jackson Newsom. Yeah. And, of course, we're joined by a special guest who's already given herself away. I'm your uh, number one fangirl, Grace Chappell. That's true. This yeah. is Grace, our producer and hw laid co-host and all-around curio girl, uh, Gracie Chappell, finally, yeah. on the show. All-around really... curious girl, I would say. Yeah, you know? curious Grace. She's always always finding her in, in pantries and cupboards. And... You had that, like, companion book series to Curious George where you were like a little monkey and you were, like, always, you know, getting into yeah. scrapes. Always wearing a lot of yellow, and like you're crazy about bananas. Yeah, and there was a, a, a lady in a big blue hat. Yeah, and she would like Wait, help you, you out. Pushed her in a lake. Yeah, she would help you out of different scrapes. What's the blue hat? <laughs> you know, like you the, see- the man in the big yellow hat. Yeah, yeah. Curious yeah. George. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. just an yeah. ultimate. It's, oh, okay, it's you know yeah, for curious, cool. curious grapes. Yeah. yeah. So here we are, of course. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. We're talking about Curious George the movie. Yeah. Uh, no. Don't be silly. Of course, we're talking about. Oh, now, was right. that remade? Yeah. Yeah. It was. yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. Didn't Jack Johnson do the score for that? Yes, <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh, that was a good movie. <laughs> hey, dude, so. when you were learning the acoustic guitar. No, I didn't learn that song. <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, shit. I may have, and I never even learned guitar. Hey, what do you know? Oh, goodness. Um, no. Enough silliness, guys. Yeah. We're, of course, talking about the 2015 remake of Disney's Cinderella, directed by... Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh! <laughs> Renowned... Caramel! <laughs> Renowned Shakespeare boy, uh, and also in the yeah. Thor movies, I no, guess. No, directed. directed. Right. Never seen them. But, you know, so, yeah. his essence ben is, is woven throughout the, the franchise now, I would say. Yeah. Even Thor Ragnarok, which I watched uh, recently... Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can feel the man's touch there. The, yeah. the invisible hand of uh, he's radiating of Branagh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shades of Branagh coming off the screen I would say, in every yeah. shot. Yeah, that's nice, man. Do you reckon like anyone's written that review? Like this film radiates shades of Branagh. I'd be shocked. <laughs> well, but I'd welcome. Hey, it as well. Jackson, check my blog. <laughs> ah, 
it is. You'll find it there. <laughs> some of them, some of them have like a humble brag, sort of like. Yeah. Do you reckon anyone would have written that review? That genius no? review. Because I did. Because yeah. I'm so far ahead. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I'm way on top of it. Yeah. You know, as I already you. said, haven't seen any of the Thor movies, so you know, I'm sure they're good. Man, yeah, you should. I, I like that Chris Hemsworth. A lot of good dick bulbs, let me tell you. <laughs> oh well, that's going to be highly relevant yeah, in this movie. Yeah. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Shall we jump right in? Straight away with those exposition monologues, which we know are highly remakeable. The Mummy, they done it twice. Cinderella, mm-hmm, they done mm-hmm. it twice. And I'm pretty sure those are the only two franchises that have ever made use of that technique, but it is pretty remakeable. I mean, uh, Willy Wonka? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. So Charlie? There's, there's three franchises mm. in the fullness of time that have used an exposition <laughs> monologue. Well, the only ones we've even covered so far. Yeah. If you think of any, yeah. hit us up. Mm. I'd be surprised if you can find one. My, <laughs> um, my first note is, so bright, so free, so beautiful. Because that's the world we're in. Yeah. Like, we're, we're introduced to, as the exposition is rolling, this, like, manor estate, essentially, mm-hmm. where uh, Ella... Uh, our protagonist, which is Cinderella's name in this movie, and her parents live, and it is like the most magical, Idyllic, wonderful, beautiful place. Oh, man. Like, what country do you think we're in? Oh, I, I mean, had that just question a as well. World, or? Because, yeah. well, France exists in this world, yeah. as does Turkey. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So, it's Earth. But, well, it but not the Earth that we know. <laughs> yeah, right. It's Middle Earth. Yeah, yeah it could be Middle yeah. Earth. Yeah, oh. it could be... Could be underneath the, the crust of the Earth sort of thing, yeah, you know? Right. Like, that's what's down there. Yeah, you can't yeah, yeah, have yeah. three back-to-back Flat Earth episodes. <laughs> well, I mean, when you live a Flat Earth lifestyle, like, it's all yeah. Flat Earth. Maybe it's a country, like, of, like, like the, one of like, the, the uber-rich. Yeah, you know I mean? Svendorgia. Like, yeah, yeah. Secret island. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Know about. Because they talk about how it's, like, a very proud but quite small kingdom. It's and, Luxembourg. Like, you reckon it's Luxembourg? Mm, I think it must be Luxembourg. It's very colourful wherever it is. There's, mm. like... The fucking people there, they, like, ride a fine line between clashing with everyone they meet. Like, it must be so... You must have to organise not only your own outfit, but your whole street's outfit. Because it would be so easy to just walk down and be like, oh, God, we look fucking hideous. It's true. The colour palette is quite similar. Yeah. But... That all being said, it's very different. She's no princess, as they go to great pains to point out. She lives in a big house with her parents. She's no princess, yeah. they say. Is she a princess in the original? No. No. Because I kind of thought that she was in my Well, memory. she's a yeah. Disney princess, Chris. I mean, she does uh, become yeah. a princess. She does, yeah. in the end. Spoilers yeah. for 1950 Cinderella. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, of course, she lives in a big house with her animal family. So, so many animals. they've leaned into this whole animal thing that we harped on about in the original pretty hard. And, yeah, there's lots of nods to the movie, like, there's little mice, one of them's called Gus. Yeah. They're, they're eating Greedy little Gus. bits of corn and cheese, just like in the original movie. They, at least, like, okay, things that I think this exposition does well compared with the 1950 film. Foreshadowing the idea of a fairy godmother. I had it as well. So, too. like, Fucking so much better. Yeah. When yeah, she yeah. shows up, it isn't like, oh, what the fuck is this? Deus like Ex The idea <laughs> of magic and also, like, yeah. belief and that sort of thing. Because then when it happens, you're like, I guess. I guess mum was right. Yeah. Not like, this is new. Yeah. <laughs> they also acknowledge that it's weird that she talks to animals. Like, her mum's like, oh, do you really think they can hear you? I think they can as well. Which is nice, because in the original movie, she's just talking to animals constantly, and nobody comments on it ever. Everyone's just like... Mm. And the animals, like, 100% talk They back. speak back in English. Yeah. yeah. Which is the weird thing. Uh, I suppose well, the mice do. Well, they kind of speak back in animal. 
know? It's, yeah, it's, it's like, like a, really, a really like Doctor Doolittle vibe. Yeah. 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 Her dad shows up and he yells my first title feature as he's writing in, Where are my girls? My beautiful girls! Well. It's gonna be hard to beat, to be fair. It's like, I was good. so chuffed when we had that, like, so early in the film. This movie's actually chock full of title pictures. Mm. I've got a lot coming up. So, her dad is some, like, travelling merchant, I guess. He's very rich, but very nice. And mm. they all live a big, happy life together. I have a note about her dad. Don't know what you guys think about this, okay. but does he or does he not look like Richard Men in 10 years? Oh, oh dang. Maybe, like, 20 oh, years. Okay, <laughs> now, hang on, Grace. What you've done is open a horrifying <laughs> can of worms. Yep. Well, okay. did I open it or did the filmmakers open it, Jackson? Okay, like... so... Okay. <laughs> so it's a real sort of, like, Electra complex thing going on here. But I guess the case can be made, yes. as we're about to find out, that, like, Ella fucking loves her dad. Like, and yeah. she goes to great pains to tell her, like, when he goes on his trips, like, oh, I love you so much, please make sure you come back, she, all I want is you. She literally devotes sort of her life through thick and thin to upholding the memory of her mother and father. Which is a strange motivation for a character, and but so, at least she has one in this movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we'll come back to that. And so yeah. I guess Gracie's suggesting that there's something else going on. I'm not suggesting anything. <laughs> that, I'm just that her out. future oh. love interest perhaps looks a little bit like her dad. Look, at least, at, at least you can't see like eighty percent of her dad's dick every time he's on screen. So that's true. That's true. Like, but you hear about it off screen. There's just like every time he's not in frame, someone's like whispering about his dick. Remember her dad's dick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got those luscious brown locks. He is a very handsome yeah. dad. He's There's very, no denying yeah, that. Hey, he's a he's a good-looking dad. <laughs> no one is arguing that. <laughs> So, they go inside the house, and there's just this odd man in the garden. Oh, the strange man. The strange oh, man in the garden, who she like... Farmer John? Yeah, we later yeah. learn he's some local farmer, but doesn't really explain why he's there. No, just lurking in their front yard. Yeah. Must have hit um, the cutting room floor, but he's literally just standing there, and then she turns and sees him, and like goes to speak to him, but we don't hear anything, no. and then it fades to black, and yeah. it's almost like a Rumpelstiltskin vibe. Yeah, like, and he doesn't really talk to the parents either, it's just no. like... This strange man talking to their beautiful it's daughter. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they're all very happy together until her mother just collapses one day. Yeah. And it's followed up by a really gratuitous foot shot. Don't know why they needed to include hey. that. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's literally a close-up yeah. on the arched feet. If you'd, if you'd of watch... The mom? Of the little girl... <laughs> If you'd watched... Oh, yes, I did notice <laughs> ah, that. Ah, there you go. Is this the precursor to Footloose? I think it might be, with all yeah. the associated yeah. foot fetishism. I actually wanted to put here my first MVP oh. to Ella's mum. Oh, wow. For this sad, dying monologue, which yeah. lasts quite a long time. She collapses instantly, and then the next time we see her is the last time we see her, where yeah. it's kind of like, listen, kid, I am going to die. But she essentially instills in her daughter... Like, A, it's kind of a nice message, but B, like, she instills in th- her daughter this, like, code of practice code and of guidelines. Code of will. Yeah. It's which, <laughs> yeah, which she, but she's just, like, completely unable to break for the rest yeah, of her life. it literally hampers her in yeah. her life for, like, 20 fucking years. Which isn't great, but... 
Oh, it's well done. Like, it's well done. And I, I thought, yeah, the mum did a pretty good job. And also, I missed the mum throughout the rest of the film. Okay, I was fair like, enough. I could do with more mum. You kind of Hayley look Atwell, you know, she's... Uh... Yeah, she's that Agent Carter. Yeah, okay, Agent well. Carter, yes. Yeah, she's uh, the Captain America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, her mother's dying wishes for her to believe in courage and magic and kindness, and it fucks her up for life. So well done, mum. I guess you can MVP number Yeah, that. I think so. Man, her mum is so, like, together and lively for... Like her dying moment. Man, it sets up a trend in this film yeah. of people dying and being a very okay with it, and b just like very calm and Super like able to deliver. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, well, this is the end for me. <laughs> yeah, but you know, everyone's so stoic. I've had a lot of time to think about it, and frankly, I'm pretty it's, fucking. It's pumped. time for me to go. Yeah, you know, I've been around too long. Yeah, <laughs> and while I'm at it, please believe in courage, imagine your kindness. Smell you later. Video. I'm out. Yeah. <gasps> So, like, it's crazy. we got to start moving because we're still in the expo. So she grows up and she stays just marvellous. She's a wonderful young girl. Yeah. Nothing can get to her. Everything rolls off her like fucking water off a duck's back. Mm-hmm. She's hanging out with her dad one day. He's gotten all sad and lonely. And he basically asks her permission to be like, Hey, Cinderella, can I go after some hot young ass? <laughs> and she's like, Okay, dad, yeah. you deserve it. So he intru- introduces <laughs> Ella to Lady Tremaine Lady and her Tremaine. two daughters. Played by the incomparable Kate Blanchett. Yes. That's a big get. It's and also, huge the fucking get. cast of this film is it's like enormous. bonkers. Yeah. yeah, It's probably the best cast of a film we've we've watched so far, I'd say. He literally describes her as a, a woman still in the prime of her life. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the way the of... way he hits prime is like, yeah. you mean sexual prime. Yeah, you, you mean... Oh, like, that's dang. what you mean. She's yeah. in that prime time. <laughs> yeah. We've passed over the other huge cast get of this film, which is that beautiful Lily James. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought you... Cinderella. I thought you were going to say that beautiful cat named Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> The true star of the film. It is true, yeah. Lucifer's back in the mix. This time, a, a live-action cat, which is good, because it would have been strange if they'd animated him in this Can film. Can you imagine yeah. the cat's the only thing that's animated? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like, it's like, a, like a Cheshire cat. Sort of like situation. a two-framed Roger Rabbit. Sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a hand-drawn sort of one, not a CGI. Oh, man. <laughs> that would actually be a trip. Anyway, yeah, Lucifer's here. They go inside, and straight away, Lady Tremaine is just horrible. She's mean and awful. Just sassing the place. And the stepdaughters aren't really ugly. So there's that. That's nice. Yeah, I think the whole vibe here is that, like, they're ugly on the inside. Yeah, yeah. it's um, a real modern take, you Yeah, know? I like that a lot. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. There's a lot this... Look, <laughs> I'm just going to get out, like, at the front here and be like, this movie is leagues better Immeasurably than, better. like, a 1950 movie. Better. Like, in every way. Like, yeah. as a story, a structured, it looks better, it yeah. ages better, the characters are more likable... It's just, it's a better film in just about every measurable way. I think I need to get out at this point that this is one of my favourite films. Oh, really? Um, oh, I don't know. It's one of those films Well, you're really that... walking it back, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, at, at the okay. first challenge. You know how you have movies that you think are actually really good and then movies that you watch, like, to enjoy yeah. a lot? This one I would watch to enjoy, like, any day of the week. Right. So, like... That's an like, endorsement. Like, Noel with Footloose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bit, of a, bit of a trend in the Chapel household, yeah. I would say. So, a, lot, a lot of feet-related films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is my guilty pleasure yeah. film. It's all about Don't ask why. I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> Coincidentally, I also love that Kenneth Branagh Fo- Thor movie. Mm. Which I have seen like ten times. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. That's all you have to say his name. <laughs> yeah, like Christopher now. Lee saying caramels. So um, yeah, I have here cute animals, highly remarkable, like from uh, that early film. I do think they've done a better job this time. Yeah, I like. I wasn't. 
I wasn't finding the mice as, as cute because they're not really doing anything that whimsical. They're just kind of there. Yeah, and like, I think they're, they're kind of sweet looking, you know? Like, I think they're, they're, it's better that there's less of them than there was in the original movie, but I do feel like we don't get as much characterization for them, you know? It's certainly better for the movie, but I feel like in terms of their point of remakeability of, like, having those animals doing so much, they almost, like, haven't hit it. They've, like, nodded to it. They've been like, yeah, the mice are still there, all right? There's still mice, all you big mouse fans. But, you know, you know, it's whatever. If it felt remakeable for you, it's remakeable for all. Also, their little bits of cheese, they don't look as delicious this time. Oh, gee, thank mm. you for that. Yes, I agree. Uh, the Lady Tremaine is throwing big old-fashioned parties, and Cinderella doesn't care, or Ella, as we should call her. Cinderella is her slave name, as we know. <laughs> she goes into her dad's office yeah. and is like, Dad... Papa's leaving on a trip again. Dad, why aren't you at the party? And he's like, I gotta go. Get a fan for your stepsister and some lace for your other stepsister and be a big merchant boy. And she's like... Some parasols as well in just, there. Yeah. Just bring me some branch she from the tree. She asked him to bring her the branch of the first tree that brushes his shoulder yeah, so that he carry it with him the whole time Just an and always think of her and then bring it home to her with himself yeah, because that's what she really wants. At n- number one, arguably sexual vibes, definitely. Number two, okay. though, hey um, <laughs> Grace, huh? No. Huh? Um, um, but like, I thought this was sweet. But at this point, the step family is just kind of like, in her father's words, trying. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? Like at this but point, exactly they're evil. Not- Exactly. So yeah. it's just kind of like annoying house guest. This kind of like annoying house guest, and she's like, oh god, oh god. I think that's something this film did kind of interestingly differently to the first one of like giving the stepmom that justification of like, kind of what she's doing. Mm. Well, not justification. The justification is that she's awful. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's <laughs> definitely the vibe. Yeah, no, at least I, they I agree. try. I agree. No, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, they give them all something to do or say, and they give like any of the characters any motivation. I would say nice. particularly at this point in the film, though, it does it like relatively well. Mm. I would say the issue lies in how we wrap things up. He's got this line where he's like, oh, don't worry, Cinderella. I always leave a part of me behind when I go. And in my head, I was just thinking, man, can you imagine if he just, like, ripped one of his arms off? <laughs> just, like, threw it in the corner. It's just like, goodbye. And <laughs> just walked out of the house. That'd be a way better movie. Yeah. That's why she doesn't want him to go. Yeah. He nears death no, every yeah. time. No, Dad, please don't go again. Why not? As <laughs> she's, like, getting ready to rip off a finger. Why don't you want me to go? She's like, please, I beg you, stay. I just don't want you to go. <laughs> in my mind, he, like, rips it off and just grows and you are yeah, like no. on the course of his trip and so there's just like a big box in the basement just full of his discarded arms <laughs> like he's one of those drop tail lizards the stepmother who like overheard them talking and her being like oh I hate my step family blah 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 uh, is like a real bitch to Cinderella and is like oh you know what would be really cool if you gave up your bedroom and went and lived in the attic it is it is worth noting yeah. that like like she's sort of talking about how her daughters are really struggling in their room and then Cinderella's like well, I have the biggest room. Yeah, she so, offers it. But she does offer Maybe it. you can take the room. And like then, and then she's like, yes, and you'll have the attic. And she's like, uh... But <laughs> this is first, the beginning of my blood, problems with Cinderella. First blood by Cinderella. Like, why was she just going to like, yeah, have my room. And yeah. like, and before she... And when she's like, the attic for you. Why not be like, no, no that's... Absurd. Well, yeah, the guest they can have my bigger room, but yeah. I'll just have their room. Like, yeah. what? That sounds fine to me. Yeah. There's two of them. That sounds fair. <laughs> I'll take the one room. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, I agree. This is the beginning of my problems with Cinderella. We're like, so why does she just go along with it? That's what I want to know. Anyway, she gets off in the attic and she's pretty cheery about it because that's the kind of gal she is. Did you guys notice that she takes her things up to the attic and it is this one tray of like 
a couple of spools of thread. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. It is interesting because like you kind of think that the thread's going to come back, and it does like slightly, but it's not exactly the major player in the film to the mm. point that you'd be like, "Well, oh, what are her possessions? Well, she's got to have some thread." <laughs> you know, like the audience will. Otherwise, later they'll be like, "Where'd she get all that thread?" <laughs> Show the thread now. All the different colours. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be fair, I think I would ask. <laughs> Where did she get all of the thread? There is so much wasted space in this tower. It's a huge structure, and all that's inside it is a staircase that goes up. There's no other rooms. There's no other floors in the tower. There's just the top floor. It's a pretty ridiculous waste of important space, and you know, wasting real estate that doesn't play. No, you know, you just can't do it. But it's good because up in the attic, her mice friends are there and she has a little reunion with them. I have my first MVP nom. Oh, bring it out, bring it out. I have an MVP nom for Lily James for in this scene where she's like setting up the little picnic for the mice. Oh, that was pretty fucking adorable. She's talking to these mice, except there's a good 10 seconds where she just has to make like these weird noises at the mice. Like, she doesn't have any dialogue. Yeah, that's true. She's (laughs) put in some work. So, to, to clarify, it's not Ella. It's Lily James that's getting the MVP nomination. This scene where the stepmother is sitting down getting her portrait taken, she is just so fucking fierce in this scene and every single scene where she's just like reclining on the chaise. Like she always looks fucking over the top and it's awesome. Then we get two big points of remakeability. Kind of disappointed that this is the only time we get, like, this kind of vibe in the film. Uh, like, the mice are there, like, trying to get some food out of the living room, and the cat sees them and chases them over and, like, smashes his head into a wall as they all get back into the hall in time. Two things. Cartoony violence. Always remakeable. Always. Tense shot reverse shots. Also <laughs> always remakeable. As the mouse and the cat are, like, charging up to this little hole. Never comes back in the film, though. Which is a no. shame. For me, this is, like, just them doing their backstories for characters. This is the backstory for why the cat has a flat face. Oh, yeah. wow. Always. That's, wow, that's Very true. Yeah. Uh, Farmer John shows up. Oh, sweet Farmer John. The strange old man. This is where you find out that, yeah, the weird old man is, in fact, Farmer John. Yeah, and he's got some awful news. He's carrying a branch from Ella's dead dad. I thought you were going to say, he's carrying the ashes of her dead dad. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, it's that branch that he promised to, to bring her back. So To bring her back to her. Her dad's died in undisclosed circumstances, Gotta ask, why was he there? Why is Farmer John the one who knows this? Like, he's presumably a farmer on some nearby land. Like, why is he responsible for delivering the food? I mean, like, maybe... Sorry, the message, yeah. not the food. Like, maybe Farmer John killed her That's father. that... Okay, thank you, because that is what I'm A nearby branch, and yeah, was, like, was like, this was yeah, the branch. remember the branch thing? Yeah. I he definitely told me. I didn't and, kill your dad. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other, the other daughters are like... Where are the parasols? And, like, they're not questioning out of, like, selfishness. Like, where's the parasols? Where's the lace? They're like, he was going to bring that back as well. And all you have is branch. The branch. Yeah. Wow, dude. That's... You've blown the lid off this whole thing. Oh, shit. You're... I was going to give an MVP to Farmer John. I can't anymore. The only... He's a murderer. <laughs> LVP. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that redeems him and, and makes me think that maybe he's not the murderer is because once Cinderella... Or Ella, I should say. Sorry. Uh, goes back inside... Then we get this, like, tight shot on Farmer John's face as he just looks like he's standing amongst the ashes of a thousand souls and asking them if honour matters. Like, he looks so fucking upset in this moment. Like, he just, he literally just looks like a broken human being in this one shot. Unless maybe it's, like, a self-loathing killer thing. Yeah, what if it's guilt, dude? And Mm. what if he's standing among, like, the ghosts of all the people he's killed over the years? The ashes of her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
Oh, this changes everything. Yeah, wow. And then he, I mean, if only he ever came back. Yeah, to the he's film not in the movie again. So <laughs> I mean, I guess it's up to us to figure out. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. A little, that's a little gift from Kenneth. You know, art asks questions, <laughs> um, and uh, that's what he's done. This one asks a lot more than it answers. So as a result, the dad is dead. There's no more income for the house. Uh, I guess as a result, yeah. Lady Tremaine fires all the help, and now Cinderella has become a servant in her own home, mm. and she has to do all the work. And the mice and animals are her friends, and they help her, and that's very nice. And yeah, there you go. But basically, like the next little bit of the film is just setting up like the household antics. It's just kind of like, like oh, they're getting meaner and meaner, and she's yep. doing more and more work, but she's still going okay about it. We see like the origin of uh, Cinderella. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it setting up the household antics, or is it all setting up the name? Yeah. I, I literally like. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. It I, is actually all setting up the name. That's I, true. I felt this coming like two, three minutes off. It's like she sleeps in front of the fireplace to keep warm, and then she's got this ashy ass face, it's and like, she goes oh, to breakfast, and they're like, no. "What's that on your face?" And I'm just sitting there like, "Oh, they're not. They're now, not going to do it. They just won't." Is it? is it Anastasia or, or Drazilla? I don't know. Either way, LVP Drazilla. To Drazilla. Drazilla. Little cross platform. Yeah. LVP to her because she fucking butchers that. Admittedly, hard line to be given by Kenneth Branagh, like to be like, uh, we're gonna need you to, to name Cinderella uh, in 2015. <laughs> like, that's a hard thing to do to be like, we should call her Cinderella. Like it's yeah. always gonna be bad, but she does a bad job even as that. She does a bad job of a fair few of, of them most of it. I yeah. Would say. yeah, I think the stepsisters generally. I, don't, are, I think the other one's pretty great. The pink one. She is way better. Yeah. I didn't love her at the end, but anyway. Yeah. So they're like, you can't sit with us. And she runs off to the laundry to like have a cry and she drops a plate. As she runs away, they all laugh. Or rather, the stepmother laughs. The laugh from Kate Blanchett there, man. She crushes it every yeah, time she's, she's on screen. She's very good. She's so evil. So then the narrator comes in with some shit that I'm very into. So she's running away. She's crying about the fact that they're calling her Cinderella. And the narrator's like... Names have power. And Doug, I'm so into that rock. That rock yeah. yeah, Gracie, yeah. I know you're reading oh, Name yeah. of the Wind now. My Ayla is so strong. I just made Ella become Cinderella by pure force of will. Yeah, so Jesus. she gets on her horse and rides away. And, uh... Yeah, man. Maybe, maybe she knows the name of fire now. Yeah, well, that's, that's what it, it's like a title sort of thing. Like. Or at least the name of the horse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know the name of the horse. That's like, true. Do you reckon she does? That, it does have a Shadowfax sort of vibe I guess mm. so she gets on the horse and at this point I'm like dude she actually tries to leave I'm so on board with Ella yeah. in this movie I'm like wow thank you the question I've been asking the whole time is why did she stay there but here she goes she's on her horse she runs into a big moose out in the woods and a I'm stag. like I'm like, oh, big old shit, animal fight scene incoming, because they definitely make you think that's about to happen, and I'm like, get ready for this remakeability, but then nope, it's just a stag, and he's running from some hunters, so now she's on her horse, and she's like, run, Mr. Stag, they'll shoot you with their bows, and then, boom, Rob Stark shows up, Richie Madden, what a dreamboat. I had a question immediately at this point. Mm-hmm. Is Cinderella just a fan fiction version of Game of Thrones? You know, it's possible. Where the, Rob Stark gets his happy ever after. Like, or, I see. Or like the, the true prince of Westeros. I guess there's a... Now, this is coming from a girl that's never seen Game of Thrones, of course. That's I've true. I've seen the um, first season. Thank oh, you. Like, I've seen the full, se- full yeah. first season. Right? My word. Do you think it's I like guess a, there's, there's a whole... There's a whole Judy sort of vibe going on, mm-hmm. which is similar, like... Uh, and, and him betraying his Judy to yeah. marry for love, which is very Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Sorry, spoilers. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I mean, if you listen to anything on Curio, you should know there's a blanket Game of Thrones spoiler warning. And Last Jedi. And also Last Jedi spoilers, should we yeah. Should into the logo? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I wonder if it's like a self-insert fanfic, mm, where like oh, some yeah. lady has been like, oh, that Rob Stark, Ooh, he gives me the vapors. Ooh. Let me write a little the story vapors. where I meet oh. old Robbie Stark in the woods, and huh. he's bulging. Yeah, <laughs> we'll address that later. We can't. Yeah, we can't he's get to that horse. right now. Yeah, he's on a horse. You have to wonder if that was deliberate. So, yeah, yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's very evocative. Yeah. He could be a horse if you know what I'm <laughs> saying. We also find out that his name is Kit, which also yeah. can't be a coincidence. Well, I'm right? sorry. I mean, he's, he says oh. my father calls me Kit when he's in a good mood. That's now. This yeah. is this. It, the film does it a different way, but at this point, I was like. Mad tired king, like like a king that's off, always like yeah. flying off the handle into a rage. He's he dad only calls him Kit when his name, Kit, like he's like when John. he's okay, sort of thing. But like otherwise, he's just like constantly like this furious like tyrant king. Mm-hmm. We go a different direction, but I thought, yeah, I thought actually, it was like a neat little throwback. Actually, like to, the king uh, in this movie, but yeah. yeah, to the earlier film. It's it's true, but also I think the Kit thing, Kit Harrington parallels can't be ignored. It's Richard Madden. He's friends with Kit Harrington. Yeah, I thought that was there. that was a bit like, like it, it's a bit on the nose. Like, they must have been doing it deliberately. It can't be a coincidence. Yeah. Anyway. They must have, someone would have pointed it out at some point. Yeah, or Richard yeah. Adams was like, oh, that's like my friend Kit Harrington, <laughs> who I know from my incredibly successful yeah. TV show, Game of Thrones. You my, know the one that I'm in? My, my dad calls me Sean Bean after yeah. him. <laughs> uh, my dad said next time I see him, he'll tell me who my mother was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joining the Night's Watch. <laughs> Fucking Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage shows up. Scene bean, I'm yeah, sure. Scene bean, 100%. Sean Bourne. Sean Bourne. Um, I have here, like. You know, like the Jason Bourne sequel, <laughs> Sean Bourne. We can't. Starring. We can't. I've lived this already. I must have. Um, I have two, two notes in this scene. Number one, I'm actually a little bit spooked by Kit's teeth. Oh god, we're on to her. <laughs> oh no. The internet crimes. The jokes are too funny. Finally. Ah! Finally. Um, his teeth are so white and so powerful. They're too perfect. They're too perfect. His Prince Charming smile is oh. immense. It's I immense. An, an MVP nomination to his perfect teeth. To his wow. dentist, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> to Richard Madden's yeah. dentist. My, my, my second one is that, like, Ella and the Prince actually get to know each other. Oh my god, dude, I, I put, love You're this. a good man, Kenneth, in uh, uncaps. Oh, dude, I love this scene. Yeah. Like, we we give some motivation. each other on the horses. Yeah. And... There's some motivation for the romance, the characters meet, they interact, it's very cute. She, like, doesn't know he's the Prince and he thinks that's pretty cool. And then, like, the Captain of the Guard shows up and is like, you're high! And he cuts him off and he's like, it's Kit! 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 I'm, I'm Kit! I'm on my way! And then he's like, goodbye! And he, like, rides off like, pretending. Yes, Mr. Kit. Like, yeah, oh, the Captain exactly. of the Guard is... Very good. I, 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 I know the captain. I think it's Kit, Kit, Kit. I'm on my way. Is it? <laughs> yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Of course, the scene doesn't make any sense that she could look at this man in this perfectly tailored, like blue and gold costume and be like, "Hmm, here is a poor person like me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he tells, he tells her, he's like. Uh, I'm an apprentice. I'm an apprentice. Yes. No, an apprentice Learning from my father so in, in the court. And she's, she's like, like oh, oh, yes. Yeah. A, a, a guild artisan, perhaps. Or a yeah. smithy. Like, yeah. like, she's really just... Like, she, she accepts it immediately without yeah. question. She's a bit of a dollar. Oh, yeah, dude. Ella just... <laughs> oh, she Grace, just, no, you can't keep spinning a drink. All over your nose. nose. And also all over my priceless Fabergé eggs. <laughs> Grace! <laughs> 
When did that happen? And then one of them like popped open, and it was like a national treasure style. Well, like thing. a little bird was inside. Yeah. Did you know that there's a Fabergé potato? Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Why does that exist? I'm googling it right now. It comes up in my newsfeed all the time. <laughs> Facebook's algorithm is like, this girl is really into Fabergé potatoes. I mean, the microphones oh are probably just recorded. You'd be like, Grunya Island Kids potatoes. Oh, and like, of course. You know. uh, yeah, here we go. Fabergé potato, eighteen forty-three. Well, there you go. It looks shitty. Yeah. Like, what a shitty job you did. Edward yeah, Fab, home, Fab yeah. Edward Fab. Yeah, I assume his name is Edward. I don't actually know. More like Edward Plab. <laughs> yeah, you, dude, you fucking you got, got him, Grace. Grace, you fucking got him so the good. Fictional antagonist we built. So now we're hanging out with the king uh, after this very next mm-hmm. scene, and it's Kit and his dad, the king, ruminating on the true nature of hey, love, oh, which is highly remarkable. Played by yeah, his dad played by uh, Derek Jacoby. Yes. Yeah. Derek Jacoby. Jacoby. Yeah. Jacoby. And he's saying some interesting shit. He's like, how could you love her? You just met her today, you fucking idiot. And he's like, fair point. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a great point that nobody makes in the first movie. <laughs> uh, I'll have you know the Grand Duke makes That's that point. That's true, actually. The, oh, the best man. Well, yeah. Is the Grand Duke a baddie in the first movie? Or is no. no. Well, he's the great... Well, okay, okay he... the Grand Duke is the greatest hero of a nation. Yeah. Like, in, you, in... you can't say that man is anything but noble at heart. In actuality... That's what happens. But I mean, in terms of the intention of the film, he's not exactly a villain. He's more just like a lackey. The king is very sick. Yeah, whoa, the king is dying as well. Very suddenly. Yeah. From a picture of hell. Yeah. It really, over the course of this, like, two minute scene, goes from being a man in the prime of his life uh, through to a man knocking on death's door and, and accepting it, really. Yeah, he's like, well, it's time for me to go. So, the next thing that we see is the the king, I get, no, I think it's just the prince, walking down the corridor. <sighs> and this is the first time we've seen a front-on shot of Richard Madden. And, wow, do we see a lot of a front-on <laughs> shot of <laughs> Richard Madden. Yeah. There's a significant bulge going on here. Yeah, I've got Jesus. MVP for Richard Madden's white tie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. No, I have a bit of trivia. Hey, shit, bring it on. The bulge is actually a cup that was added during the filming process because there was much too much detail going yeah, on. Yeah, I, I read an article uh, around the time this movie was coming out called Richard Madden Has Too Much Dick for Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is pretty fucking I was great. actually hoping at this point I would read out to you a number of headlines. Yeah, apparently like the upshot I guess is just that like he, had a, he has a huge dick and they needed to obscure it in the film. Okay. But why didn't they wait? Just any other pants. Just any other pants. Apparently, according to one of the articles I read, they literally spent days, like, I think it was two days, trying on different jock straps and that sort of thing. But the issue was for him that he said, like, they were so tight, they made him cry. But not the jock straps, mate. Just just some other pants. There are other people in the movie not wearing skin-tight white tights. They do them so well. And it's a very Prince Charming look. Mm. Anyway, the important thing is these headlines that I'm reading out now. So the first one... Apparently Richard Madden has too much dick for Disney. That's the one I read. The second one. Richard Madden on hiding his penis in Cinderella. (laughs) That's a... Whoa! (laughs) Because depending (laughs) on how you read that, he's in the (laughs) room Lily James and Richard Madden playing a bit of uh, hide the salami. (laughs) (laughs) Number three. Richard Madden says he went through hell to hide his bulge in Cinderella. (laughs) 
I love how you have the his there. Like, who the hell to hide his bulge? Yeah, yeah well, everyone else's bulge was that was relatively easy. No. Uh, Comparatively small. Next one. Richard Madden. No ding dong for Disney. <laughs> Uh, a lot of these are, are playing on a, you know, like, uh, variations on a theme, but Richard Madden on how Disney hid his charming balls. <laughs> I thought you were going to say charming balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've heard about him hiding his dick. But Dude. what about the balls? Dude, I love the idea that, like, these articles just get less and less cutesy and oblique, <laughs> and they're just like, how to hide Richard Madden's fat cock yeah. <laughs> in the upcoming 2015 yeah. Cinderella. <laughs> A Cinderella story. <laughs> like the tale of Dick hiding his dick. <laughs> like, oh my god, read that one. <laughs> Richard Madden in Cinderella is obscene. <laughs> hashtag, t- hashtag throwback to Richard, <laughs> Richard Madden's dick is too big for Disney. <laughs> uh, uh, this man, Richard Madden. He's a dreamboat, Grace. Yeah, we, we can't dwell too long on this. He's an absolute We've spent dreamboat. three minutes talking about the man's dick. <laughs> three? Like, we can't, uh, we three? Can't, <laughs> been cut down to three in the edit. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I was having such a, a fun time. I just kind of like lost track of time. So let's get, let's get yeah. back to the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jesus. So uh, they're doing portraits now, I guess, because the king has decided, or I guess it's a tradition, that they throw a ball in which the prince like picks a bride so that the kingdom can continue. And there's a painter there. He's having a good old goof around. And he's yeah, is like... Steve Coogan? No, it's the other one. Oh, is it the other one? Ah, Rob, uh, Rob Brydon. It's um John Cougar Mellencamp. It's a Steve Coogan type, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. So he's very funny. He yeah. falls off his ladder and he's making all kinds of great jokes. And at this point, if I may, I'd like to dip into our first installment in this movie of The Mighty Goofs. Oh. Uh, we've got a goof here. Written by a fan, which is the oh, best thing God. about these goofs. This is this is what we've discovered. So like, don't get too excited. Yeah. So yeah. T- for anyone who didn't listen to the last episode where we kind of like pitched the idea of this this new segment, all of the stuff on IMDb is like submitted by fans, and as a result, like a lot of the goofs are just like so weird because the things that people get hung up on to like write in as goofs are really strange. And this is a prime example. When the painter falls, we see his palette on a right angle. The tin on the palette would have a paint thinner inside. However, nothing falls out of the tin when he falls. It would be impossible for him to use his paints without it. (laughs) There you go. Some big, like, medieval painting fan has been like, oh, this is ridiculous. Doesn't even know what he's doing. There's no paint thinner in the tin? Insane. It'd be impossible for him to use his paints. To be fair, seeing that portrait later along down the track, it's not an incredible portrait. He doesn't look much like Richard Madden at all. He hasn't done a great job. The painter was probably distracted by his enormous dick. So So they're all talking about the bowl in the scene with the painter and... Mm -hmm. Which leads into my first title pitch, which is, Captain says, wouldn't mind a bit of a jolly. It's true, he does say that. Another great line that comes out of this scene, when the prince is like, I want to marry this girl I met out in the woods for love. Then the Grand Duke steps in and he's just like, how many divisions will this honest country girl provide? I fucking love this dude, man. He's relentlessly practical. He's like, we're a small country beset on all sides by enemies. We require legions and new alliances to to improve our military strength. The one thing for me here is that, like, my personal hero is the Grand Duke from the original film. Mm-hmm. And this is the first taste of me being like, that's, that's the Grand Duke, huh? Hmm. And sort of feeling like, I guess the Captain of the Guard is doing the more friendly stuff. Yeah. And then just me realising that, like, they've gone and... 
I don't want to say butchered my favourite character, but they they have. So, Cinderella's in town. She hears about the ball from a royal proclamation. She goes back home and she tells her stepmother and her stepsisters. And one of them yells, I'll trick him into loving me! Which I love as a strategy. All love should be based around deceit. Anyone who tells you anything else is a liar. Uh, so, you know, I'm right with you, either Anastasia or Drizilla. We also go. find out here that uh, Ella has stayed because of, like, she hasn't bailed because of the house. Yeah. Like, the house represents, like, her love yeah. of her parents and that so sort of thing. And her so yeah. I had a note about that, but I was just like, ugh, I've already ragged on her whole vibe enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of a strange, like, materialistic vibe yeah. to take it being like, <laughs> I need the things from my parents, but anyway. Just the idea that her parents would want her to undergo this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't leave the house, yes. Cinderella. That's the point. Yeah. You can become a servant in your own home, but you can't leave the house. That'd we be also, awful. We also hear around here that the Tremaines were in like huge amounts of debt uh, when they first arrived. The stepmother's like, go get us three dresses and don't be a fucking idiot. None of them are for you. And she's like, okay. And she goes out to the seamstress to get three dresses made. But we can't talk about this any longer because it's time to watch Richard Madden duel the captain. Yeah. He's like, there. Just congrats to the screenwriter. <laughs> with the fencing scene. Yeah. Hats off to the screenwriter. They know what the people want. Uh, Kit, the prince, gets wrecked by the captain of the guard and he's like, oh, you've been all distracted ever since that time we went hunting in the woods. What an odd thing to pinpoint. To be yeah. like, you know, you just haven't been the same since we went hunting in the woods that one time, man. What happened? Did you get bit by a snake or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> they walk around. We get, like, our second ever front-on shot of Richard Madden walking. I can't look away from the bulge. I just can't. There's yeah. nothing you can do to stop me. No, it's a lot of It's bulge. just very present. It's right there. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. I thought going into the film, because I, I knew about the bulge. I think we mm. all did but like I, going into this film I was like I wonder what I want to see the bulge scene mm. and then I was like oh no it's a bulge movie because I, <laughs> like, I, I read the articles and I was like okay they spent two days figuring out different dark steps for him surely they had it figured out there's not going to be a bulge <laughs> no they didn't there just is a noticeable bulge yeah. in, in every scene that he's in and now the sisters are getting dressed and being really rude and mean and two things what the fuck are these dresses that they're wearing that are like plastic cages with like bubbles that's in them? The, um, it goes under the dress to make it stick out or oh, Yeah. There you go. Well, there's answer to one of my questions. Two, what's this weird dance they're doing about? Where they're kind of like just like like doing little like overarmsies <laughs> things and like spinning around and just being real dicks they're to sit around. excited and trying to get the tension out, dude. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So fucking Ella gets excited she makes her own dress very quickly it doesn't take very long because the mice help her which is like this was a central plot point of the original film was that like I have to finish all my housework and get my dress made in time and she couldn't do the dress so the mice had to make the dress for her and they did a great job but in this one she's just like done dress made bitches we also see like the um like we actually hear from the narrator here being like it wasn't too bad because like she had a little bit of help a little bit of help is right. Like, the mice are just, like, rolling a bit of thread yep, around. Yep, they're just bringing her like, different thread. In terms of, like, efficiency, like, they have not really helped at all. And this is kind of what I mean in terms of, like, they... It, again, good for the structure of the film, but they just give the mice so much less to do in this movie. And it's just like, you know, if you wanted to lean into the mouse thing, like, why, why have them there at all? Um, like, just not have them in the film. Spoiler alert, they're in, like, the pivotal moment. Mm. The carriage arrives, and we get a little sparkle of something magical in the bushes outside, and we're like, what oh, what's be? that? Yeah, what could it be? I didn't know. That scene, I, was, I couldn't really see what was happening. I just yeah, saw a it sparkle was a, It something. was a bit dark, but there's, like, a, the back of, like, a cloak, and there's, like, some magic sparkles in mm-hmm. the air. Then the stepmother and the stepsisters are horrible bitches to Ella. 
when she comes downstairs, they rip her dress up. They're like, this dress yeah, is so disgusting. The, the whole bargain talk from the original film is gone, and instead they're just kind of like, no, go fuck you. You're not coming yeah. with us. And then they just ruin her dress. They literally just rip her dress apart, and they're like, it looks like shit, and you look like shit. Fuck you and fuck off. And one of them says, it's a ridiculous old-fashioned joke, which is a great title pitch yeah. uh, to describe <laughs> the plot of this film. They won't let her go to the ball with them. Oh, she, so she like falls down and cries in this one spot, and then she runs through the house just <laughs> to fall down on another bit of rock. She's yeah. crying through the house. <laughs> yeah, she's like, and the run she does is so awkward. Like she's just like, oh. <laughs> but then who's that? You better fucking believe it's Helena Bonham Carter showing up out of nowhere yeah. as the fairy fucking godmother. One hundred percent drunk. I guess as a nod to the original fairy godmother. Yeah. So we got to talk about this scene, man. So the first thing that happens is she asks for a bowl of milk, which she gets and proceeds to spill half of it on the ground. She just like she's like, oh, thank you. And milk's just like pouring down the side of her. Have you ever spilt milk on yourself? Yes. It's yes. one of the worst like everyday things you can spill on yourself, right? Mm. And she just doesn't even fucking care. Yeah, that's a lot she loses. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a, a very valid reason. To yeah, that, that, that's really true. Also, what's the deal with, like, the... Now, is it makeup she's wearing, or is it CGI? Because it is unsettling to look at. It's so bad. I was going to ask, actually, is her CGI worse in this or in Planet of the Apes? Oh, wow. Because it's probably not CGI in Planet of the Apes, hey. It's probably, like, it's practical effects. No way! Yeah, yeah. probably wearing a fur suit. Oh, are they? Yeah, it's sure they do. mo-capped. It's like a combination. It's like suits, like touched up by CGI. Mm. So there you go. Yeah, well, there's something about this CGI. Which, do you notice she just like can't move her mouth? No, it's yeah, it's gross. Mm. Like this, some it's just like it's just it's just strange compared to the rest of the film. So Ella is kind to her and gives her some milk, and then she reveals herself as the fairy godmother. And Ella's like, fairy godmothers aren't real, and she's like, ah, oh, bitch, you're looking at one. <laughs> and then I'm like. Yeah, but where have you been at her whole life while she's been going through all this awful shit? Why have you just been chilling? But then ultimately, like, as we discussed last night, it, it's softer in this one, I think. But, like, she's not exactly, like, a benevolent... No. You know, like, fairy no. godmother. She's just kind of... She's more of, like, a fey creature whose motivations are strange and she's, hard to understand. Yeah, she's 100% a hedonist. Like, yeah. like she's very pleasure-driven, very just kind of like, she's just I'm going to do what I want, when I want, for my own motives. Anyway, she does some magic. Nice, nice. Highly remakeable. Very. And now... Now she's fucking Glinda. Oh man! <laughs> she's like, let me slip into something more comfortable. She's yeah. a magic trick, and she's in a corset. It's like yeah. said, no woman ever. It's the least comfortable item of clothing imaginable, <laughs> yeah. other than Richard Madden's. I thought she's gonna. Yeah, I thought she was gonna rock up like in like, like a cool like kimono or something yeah. like that, or like, just like magic. easy breezy, just or just like, like yeah, some whatever. sweats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just comes like, down. She's wearing a tracksuit. I mean, she came, she came in super drunk. Imagine that if she just like changed like a hoodie and yeah, like and some like, like, like slacks. Like a, a curry like, stained yeah, sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, sorry, I was cooking earlier. Yeah. And I spilled something out of the wok. Uh, like, <laughs> the milk. Yeah, I'm drenched in milk. I'm so sorry. We're going to talk about the scene I imagined for the next 25 minutes because it's horrifying. Yeah. I've got another mighty goof for you all. And it's relevant to right exactly at this moment. So she's all like, oh, we need something to turn into a coach so you can go to the ball. Uh, do you have any uh, watermelons or bleh? And she's like, we have pumpkins. And she's like, oh, I don't usually work with those because they're too mushy. Here's the mighty goof for you. In seeking an object to turn into a coach, the fairy godmother says she doesn't usually work with squashes. Too mushy. But she just asks Cinderella if she had a beef tomato, which is much more delicate than a pumpkin. So, massive plot yeah, hole right that's there. True. Yeah. 
plot that drunk plot idiot. Home, you know, it's fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. At this point, we see like a little shot of some lizards scampering around that we haven't seen before. And at this point, I'm like, oh man, those lizards look pretty cool. Oh boy, is that about to change? <laughs> <laughs> In a horrifying way. Oh, Jesus. Well, my point about the pumpkin was to jump ahead a little bit mm-hmm. when she actually does the whole magic trick, turns it into a carriage. Uh-huh. Why was it so necessary for her to have a spherical-shaped fruit if it was just going to explode into a million pieces and reassemble into a yeah, carriage? Yeah, it's, very, it's very Lego movie. She could have made it out of anything. Anything! Dirt. Dirt would have done. She also is unfathomably magically powerful, <laughs> so why she can't just conjure a carriage is beyond me. This time around... But as she fucking cut, she's like, oh, we need some horses. Cast a magic spell on the four mice who literally start running away. We get to see a slow transformation of now, their bone structures shifting and changing as they go through anamorph style, becoming horses and that sort of thing. We also get to see, like, other creatures, like the lizards becoming, like, the, like, becoming humans, yeah. that sort of thing. They can now talk. It is way more horrifying now. So they're, they're, they're sort of humans, but they're not like exactly humans, right? They're yeah. kind of like humanoid creatures, which mm-hmm. to me is a little less horrifying. It's like, rather than being like, oh no, you're a man now. <laughs> like you, and you are a full round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they are imputed sentience, but at least he's like a goose man. And at least they're lizard men, which look awful. But to me, there's like a little a nod to being like, well, you know, of course she can't just turn them into humans. Like, they they kind looks- of... So good. Like, why is that so good? Why are the lizards so good? The fact that the lizards look terrible, and I come back to that a little bit later. For me, it's the dialogue (laughs) and the pep talk we get later on, which is the truly horrifying thing. Particularly in terms of what they say as well. The lizards are just awful. For me, though, okay, so like, I feel like we're about to nominate the Fairy Godmother for LVP here, which I was disappointed at. I didn't want to nominate her again in this movie. I was expecting it to be. Like, quite different. But to be fair, I think it is quite different. In this one, for me, she doesn't come off as malicious and terrible. She comes off more, like, incompetent. Yeah. And just kind of like... Uh, I, I 100% agree. I, I just think the transformation is way more horrifying this time. For me, what what gave her the LVP in my mind is because Ella comes out, all this has been done, and she's like, Oh, oh I want to wear my own dress. I Don't make me a new dress. This is the worst Just, just mend this it. one. And she's like, yes, of course. But do you mind if I just, like, jazz it up a little bit? Yeah, no problem. And then she completely <laughs> transforms the dress into... It's a brand new dress. Nothing remains. Nothing remains. Yeah. And she just lies to her, but once she's under that spell, she's like, oh, yes, beautiful. Here's a deep cut for you. Did any of you ever watch that TV show, like, Changing Rooms? That was like... It used to be, yeah, Grace didn't have free air growing up. <laughs> it was this TV show on, like, Channel 7 or 10 or something. It's an Australian show, which was basically, like, real estate shows before real estate shows were really a thing. Right. And it would be, like the family from one house and the family from the other house like swap houses and they have like a week and a budget to like renovate each other's houses <laughs> oh, and they would always awful. they would always be given like rules like the family would be like yep change anything you like the only thing is that's my grandma's chair it has to stay and like invariably that would be like the only thing they changed like in every episode they would just be like nah fuck that though and just like completely go against their wishes that was the vibe I was getting off the fairy godmother yeah. here Here's an MVP nom for me. For the Goose Man. It's pretty good. Here's why. I loved that goose before this moment, because the way he's always like poking his head in at opportune moments mm. and it's always really funny. He turns into a human and they're like, drive this carriage, and he's like, oh god, I'm very new at this. Um, okay, and then he does a fucking stellar <laughs> job, dude. Like, he drives that carriage 
so well for someone who just became a human being. <laughs> when he says I'm very new at this, does he mean being sentient? <laughs> or does he mean driving I mean, a character? Unfortunately, yeah. Probably yeah. both, yeah. right? Yeah. Advanced motor function. Yeah. All of the above. MVP not for Goose Man. I think it's also worth noting here that like as as we're getting into the carriage and we're about to like roll away, this is where uh, our fairy grandmother was like oh by the way midnight is that's it I'm afraid like mm. all these powerful magics they're gonna run out at midnight oh you've forgotten she gets the glass slippers yeah, yeah. very important the glass slippers the glass as well yeah. um, the key thing about this is that I figured this out after maybe three watches because she hasn't turned the old shoes into glass she's created new shoes from scratch they don't dissolve yeah, when the magic matter, yeah. no I, 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 I had that thought as well um, because it is a huge pothole the shoe thing. Yeah. And that is apparently, according to uh, some shit that I was going to read later about trivia, uh, a common point of defense people have of this movie, where they're like, it's different because she <laughs> makes the shoes and she turns everything else. So it's just like, okay, I guess, do the rules apply that thoroughly? And if so, why couldn't she just make the carriage and the dress yeah. and the horses and everything? Why did she have to go by these bullshit rules for everything else, which only further makes her an LVP? Now might be a nice time for me to dip into some tags. Oh, yes, Jackson. Ooh. Give me those those um, liners. <clears throat> this will be like nice and uh, compact. I'm just going to run th- through three different taglines. Okay. One from this film, mm-hmm. two from two other films. Okay, fantastic. Nice simple. I'm going to read them out. You guys mm-hmm. can have a little chat. We'll have and a little conf- guess what you think conference. the one is. Yeah. Number one, a story about love at second sight. Oh, I don't hate that. Number two, midnight is just the beginning. Oh. Number three, this is love. All caps. Okay. Uh, With, like, punctuation in between? Is it this is... It's it's just all This is love. This is love. Full caps. Surely it's got to be midnight, right? Midnight's just the beginning. That... Because, like, the love at second sight thing does reflect this movie. The thing I hit on last night uh, about the way I've been going about this all wrong is assuming that there's any kind of rhyme or reason to the way that they pick these taglines. Like, assuming (laughs) that there's some sense of logic to the way it all goes together. That is in error. You can't think it makes sense because one of the taglines for the 1950s Cinderella movie was midnight never comes when you're in love or something like that. Midnight never strikes yep. uh, when <laughs> when you're with true love or something yeah, like that. Yeah, which is directly contrary to the plot of <laughs> yeah. that movie. But that's, that's exactly the, what, that's, that's what it's, happens. It's like the major plot beat. The clock strikes midnight and things change. It really like, does. Like. Yeah. So I, I, I've fully abandoned the idea that there's any logic associated with the way taglines are constructed. Well, if it's one of the other two, I think it would be this is love, I feel like. It's kind of a Disney vibe. Now, the second sight thing. Now, I think that's going to... I ultimately think that that's actually going to be something for some movie about, like, extrasensory yeah. perception or whatever, where, like, you know, he sees his wife from beyond the grave or something. But I kind of hope it is that one, because that's almost like Disney being like, no, 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 they don't fall in love the moment they meet. They fall in love later. And we're not the old Disney anymore that did all that bullshit. We're new Disney, you know? <laughs> we're hip. We get it. It's all about meeting people and building a relationship together. So... I kind of hope it's one, but I kind of expect it to be two. You think it's going to be yeah. midnight? All right, just just to differentiate it, and just purely out of optimism, <laughs> I'm going to go for love at second sight. You're too optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Again, midnight pat- is patently untrue. It I begins know. earlier than that in the movie. <laughs> 
So a story about love at second sight is from while you were sleeping. Okay, all right, yeah. And this is love is one of three taglines from Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, okay. This is crazy. This is stupid. This is love. Wow. They're the three taglines. That that only works if you read all three of them, right? So like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I just need to dispense with my <laughs> yeah, notion that a there's... A poster for Crazy Stupid Love. So this, is stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. You think it was a review? Yeah. Like, Roger even yeah, one yeah. star. You have to be careful stupid. when you place them, hey. Like, four stars, but also the quotation is, this is stupid. <laughs> We're rolling down to the ball. We get a quick conversation. Basically, uh, our prince and king are just, like, across the other side of the room watching everyone enter and just like sort of like throwing a wave and that sort of thing and it's here that the king says it's a princess or nothing which yep. is a little title pitch yeah, from me it's pretty good he's like oh, I just want to marry my beautiful country girl yeah, my mystery like, country girl the king's like it must be a princess summer girl so, man, the ball looks incredible. Hats off to the organisers from me. Mm. We're introducing all these different characters. One of them. I feel like he introduces, like, Princess blah blah of the Seljuks. Like, as in the Seljuk Turks? Like, where does this movie take place? How far did she travel? Did she come all the way from Turkey to attend this ball? Like... I mean, I guess so, dude. If you're like a, a, a royal, if you're royalty and like someone's got like a marriage ball going on, yeah, you saw that portrait. But get down there. But yeah. how much time has transpired? Have you seen that the... dick, dude? Though, like, do you think they all talk about that dick? Dude, though? the dick is hidden in the portrait because yeah. he's sitting on the pommel yeah, horse. But dude, like the servants talk. Or do Word you travels. think, dude, that the author yeah. just had the, the author, the painter just had it like down on the legs of his painter has done it so he's got this like smug slight look on his I face think, and he's, he's just got a yeah. huge I reckon what he's dick. done is he's done it so he, like his leg kind of obscures the horse's leg but he has drawn in the full horse dick <laughs> and like from a certain perspective it looks like he, <laughs> like that's how he snuck it in essentially but there's like there's like a a caption on the image that basically says, like, you know how you can't see the prince's dick Man, in this photo? Can we just return to that fucking article that was, like, Richard Madden on how he hid his dick in Cinderella? <laughs> like, Richard Madden on how he hid his penis in Cinderella? Oh, that's so funny. Oh, I can't believe that got Fuck. through an editor. I know, I, I know. know. Someone must have been like, wait, hang on. No, you hang can't. On, you can't, you can't not... just say that. It's gotta be deliberate, right? How much time is meant to have transpired since the portrait? Yes. A day. It's meant to have been a day. Did she come from Turkey in a day? Very impressive, if true. Mm. I have a question for you guys at this point. Please. You know how it's just like, there's just all these princesses that are filing into this bowl. When you were young and you were watching these Disney movies, Mm. Disney Point One, as they were... Did you, like, think that there were just so many more princes and princes in the world? That, like, yeah, that is true, actually. Yeah. That yeah, that's you, true. Because you could meet Because how many monarchies total are there now? And, like, how many princes and princes? There's got to be, like, less than 100. Oh, I mean, there's definitely, definitely less than 100, right? List of monarchies. <laughs> I'm not going to read them all out, because there's a fuckload. Yeah? Yeah. Like, 45 to 50 current monarchs. Okay. And that's just people who are, like, the rulers. That means, like, they're kids. Like, assuming each of them has, like, a couple of kids, because most of them tend to, then, like, there might be well over a hundred princes and princesses in the world. Maybe, like, a hundred each, right? That's not much, though. 
But although to be yeah. fair, pretty easy in a film to make a hundred princes and princesses look like a lot of people. You know what I mean? It's like true, being like, you know, well, here we go. They and really like, fill out a room. Yeah, they do. <laughs> their egos and their capital <laughs> and all their money and oh, their things. Right. You know, all their objects yeah. and material yeah. wealth. I actually have here this film just it just feels like a fairy tale like this is one of like, the, the feelings I've had like watching this film versus like like a number of other ones like for better or for worse like the vibe slash like, the tone it gives off it just feels very much like a fairy tale you know it also feels like a movie that's well put together <laughs> as opposed to the yeah. 1950 movie well certainly but I don't think I think you watch that now and it's it's hard like in the in the hot day to come out of that being like Oh, how sweet. Like, mm, you know mm. what I mean? But this one, it, do, it does. There's so much like hope and optimism. I thought it was just, it's just nice. Now, Very now sweet. here's what I want to know. Because we get this little scene. So there's this big ball, like all different princesses are being introduced to the prince. And then there's this one princess whose name I forget, who gets like a special secret, like private deception with the prince. And yeah, I got to wonder, man, is there like, are there like special meetings for the top seeds? Like, is it basically like, all right, so... Dude, 100% there It's are. like, yeah, yeah, you're going to meet all the princesses, but really, it's a fast. There's, like, three you're yeah. going to actually talk to. It's like on The Bachelor, right? When, oh, like, nice you know, there's, like, my lots of them, and then, like, it only really focuses on, like, a few, and then there's just okay. these superfluous little background bit of, characters. Bit of, yeah, back, background trivia on The Bachelor. <laughs> okay, Apparently, uh, according to people that have been on the show and that sort of thing, on like the like the first night sort of thing after they've met everyone they have this cocktail party which literally goes into like the mid morning of the next day like as in like people come in at night and when they leave it is daytime like it's an all night cocktail party at the end of that the producers ask the bachelor or bachelorette top four like and and often that is the top four they end up with like they they can be shifts and that that has happened but essentially they're like cool because of us building a season and that sort of thing, who are the four people you really actually want to get to know? And they will help structure the season around that. You can be surprised, but they pretty much run a season off you being like, yeah, I oh, think nice. those four are the more interesting ones, and then that's how everything falls together and that so sort of thing. So the producers of The Bachelor are more like late movie king rather than early movie king. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Bachelor himself. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Wow. I'm so glad we can put The Bachelor through a Disney lens. <laughs> so, I've got another mighty goof for you here. As Cinderella arrives at the at the event, the shot of Cinderella getting out of her carriage after arriving at the ball shows the carriage wheels to be metal. If the setting is set during the early part of the Victorian era, then the wheel should have been wooden, since the metal wheel wasn't invented until 1870. It's magic. Yeah. It's fucking magic. Whoever wrote that goof has thoroughly missed the point. The rest of the carriage is gold. Yeah. 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 Solid gold. Yeah, when did solid gold carriages come in? (laughs) Yeah, at what point in the Victorian era were they? Because that was like Al Capone, right? Yeah, yeah. That was like early industrial era before there were. Yeah. So when Cinderella gets out of the carriage at the bow, we have this little scene with the lizard footman. Oh, now, I actually, MVP for me to this lizard man for his pep oh, talk, man. purely because of his deep and existential understanding of the fleetingness of consciousness and his, like, I think, deep intuition and insight into what was about to be ripped away from him. That is true. I think you can justify that. I also gave him an LVP nom in the scene because he's just terrible. <laughs> To look at, to experience, to just to have on screen. I'm not sure this MVP will hold up, but like in the moment (laughs) when I get both. But in the moment, in the moment when I saw that, I was like, "Whoa!" 
And then about like a minute later, I was like, ooh, no. We've given people votes before. Yeah, I think it's totally fair he enough. Got ti- he got a title pitch from me for I'm only a lizard, not a footman. Yeah, yeah. another one. I'm frightened, Mr. Lizard. <laughs> Pretty horrifying. Like, if someone was like, hey, have you seen that Cinderella movie? Yeah, you know that line, I'm frightened, Mr. Lizard? You'd be like, wow, is that in the movie? That's pretty strange. Yeah. So Lily James walks into the ball. She's looking pretty good. She's looking uh, stunning. Like this dress. waist in yeah. this dress. Like, there was all this stuff when the movie came out. I don't know how abreast of it you guys were about, like... Interesting choice of words, Grace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah bloody hell, Grace. Jeez. Considering the cut of this particular yeah. Everyone dress. Everyone was like, uh, like, what do you do when portraying women with tiny waists? But also, isn't that what a corset does? Yes. And isn't is. that just her figure? <laughs> and it's just Lily James. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> all right. Like, fuck cool. yourself, Lily James, I yeah. guess. It's interesting, because she is allowed to have her boobs so far out in this scene, but we can't even get the outline of Richard Madden's dick. He's got to be wearing a cup the whole time, you know? Yeah. It's a real shame. She does a really needlessly deep curtsy at the top of the stairs. Oh, does she ever? Yeah, like, it's kind of a weird one. And then there's also a great question of what the fuck is going on? Because everyone in the ball is just like, who dat? And let's watch her do a curtsy and walk down the stairs. Well, it's because she's got, like, a seat belt- built into her dress. <laughs> That's and true. And so she just, like, pops down. She's exhausted, dude. She's rushed there. <laughs> she's all There's all these steps and that sort of thing. And so she's just, like... like like sit down briefly and everyone's like whoa is that a dress like is that a dress with a seat attached like it's yeah. just an amazement she comes in with Dude, that's like the next step in fashion yeah I think oh so oh my god or TM, like TM. or like built into her hair in yeah. some way like really long hair fashion what into is a it, seat what is it in the prestige that like um like is it like rods for the guy's prestige clo- cast but like rods in the guy's clothing or something like that <laughs> so like he can appear like he's either like is yeah, it yeah. sitting down that's or a like pretty common magician trick the yeah old fucking metal rods in the clothes but that's so cool I always think about that because you could pull like the coolest poses and people be like what and you're like just rods <laughs> now she meets up with the prince and Kit's just like oh you're fucking it's you you've come to my ball and she's like yeah it's me you said you were an apprentice. And then they do this little dance where he's fucking Sabian Glover and Tom Selleck all rolled into one. He's so smooth. He's the impossibly so handsome good. man. He's so charming. He's got the lines. He's got the moves. They're doing a dance. Their dancing gets so hype at one point that everyone's got to literally step back. Like, they're dancing. He gets, she gets a little bit too close to them and everyone's like, whoa, give him some room, you know? And he's somehow <laughs> dancing, like, in this enormous skirt. Like, how does he get to her? And the codpiece. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that on as well. <clears throat> they run off into the night and, and have a wonderful time. Okay, now, this is where I started to quest- have a question of my own. You know how, obviously, in the original, they don't have the meeting in the forest. It's just, like, at the ball. Just That's a dance, and you're sold. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so this bit where they do meet in the forest, and you have that a little bit of hmm. the romantic um, love and yeah. side Did something? they steal that directly from the plot of Sleeping Beauty? I also thought that like it was from that the Hillary Duff Cinderella movie because <laughs> Cinderella there's, definitely story. A, there's definitely a scene in that where like they literally like hang out and they're kind of like in the masquerade thing and they're just kind of like that's the ball yeah yeah but as in like they have that scene like in an outside setting exterior setting oh, yeah. thing. like they, like this film in, like lit- a latticed garden yeah exactly yeah. this film literally was like. Man, that Hillary, like Kenneth Branagh was like, man, I fucking love that Hillary Duff movie. Let's just Check steal him. that scene. Who didn't love that movie? Yeah, Does it good. maybe come from the original source material? I would have no idea. Like this, this original fucking fairy tale. Like, is there, is there something in that that, that gives them some motivation? Because, like, literally, like, and like, this is a much higher budget, like, version of this, like, lovely yeah. garden and that sort of thing. <laughs> but it's 
reminiscent. So they're out in the garden, all of the dudes in charge, like the, the captain of the guard and the grand duke and the king are all like, where is he? Why isn't he dancing with this other princess that's super important? But they're off in his private garden. And fucking, we cut back to the duke and the duke's just like, um, well, you know, she came in, she went straight for the prince. You have to appreciate her efficiency. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I had here that they've really ruined my favorite character, the Grand Duke. I, I think they've changed him in an important way, but I think he's still awesome. Lady Tremaine's there, she's making plays, trying to gather information, like, oh my, Grand Duke, you couldn't possibly have told yeah. me anything important. <laughs> but uh, now we're back at Cinderella in the Secret Garden, and they spend way too long wondering about if she's going to get on a swing. He's like, get on the swing. She's like, oh, I, I couldn't. And he's like, no, I'd do it. And she's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, no, go, go and get onto it and she's like mm, okay <laughs> but like with like maybe two or three more times yeah 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 it's true I, I truncated it yeah. for the sake of our podcast I got a real sweet rapport going on and then we have like the most erotic like shoe replacement of mm. all time she loses a shoe on the swing and it's just very like holy dooly indeed <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what that's what I was talking about with the original film like mm. there's those shots where you can like you can hear like the and it's like, oh, it's too much. Like, yeah. it should be, like, the center of the camera and, like, yeah. Oh. The clock starts striking midnight. She starts freaking out. She's like, I have to run. And he's like, why do you need to go? And she's like, lizards and pumpkins and things. And she runs away. But she, like, stops and she's like, I've had a lovely night, though. <laughs> yeah. And then she fucks off. <laughs> lizards and pumpkins and things? Pretty good title pitch. Yeah, it makes sense. Another good film. title pitch from this same scene. It's made of glass. And why not? <laughs> and why a pretty not? pretty good description of the whole like shoe thing you know why from, why not from here we get Ella just like like running away and like she bumps into the king on her way out um and then the king is like oh my dear no of course not no problem la 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 and she's like by the way uh your son loves you oh god he loves you so much and he's so sweet and so gentle and love oh god bye and runs away and the king's just like touched and also very confused um we also get here <laughs> a cutaway and I wrote this down and I feel so bad about it but <laughs> I wrote down lizard man comes when he eat bug because that's what happens <laughs> we, get a, <laughs> we get a shot of the lizard man outside his tongue sticks out he grabs a bug and lizard man comes when he eat bug <laughs> that's what happens I must have looked away at that moment because oh, I don't no. yeah well he really did <laughs> yeah, there you go Keep it in mind. <laughs> so the king's real confused. He's like, wait, what's going on? And and like Kit comes down the stairs. He's like, where are you going? Where are you going? Like he thinks it's all like a fun game. He's like, come on back. And then like she rides away. He picks up the slipper she on the stairs. He's got a big smile on his face. He's like, ah, this is just a fun little game we're playing. Hey, bring me my horse. And the captain of the guard's like, nah, dude, you gotta go inside, dude. Your dad's pissed. And he's like, okay. So he goes inside. And then the fucking army rolls out and starts chasing her. I have a a note of remakeability for Ooh. any future Disney execs considering oh, doing please. another Cinderella. High speed carriage chase, super remake. This is yeah. pretty fucking The tired. carriage chase yeah. is tight as hell, except for the fact that the lizards look awful. They are simply terrible to behold. They're another example of the fairy godmother's dark <laughs> magics, and I hate it a lot. It's also worth noting that it is midnight. <laughs> It is the stroke of midnight for far too long. Yeah, like it's like like what there are twelve like there are twelve bells essentially, and like we hear them over like a three minute period. Yeah, as like this like chase is just like rolling. Well, on. I was gonna say actually, 
she like looks at the clock when it first starts to strike and it's like a minute to midnight. Yeah. Clocks really don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> this transformation scene is very fresh. While the first one gave me like real animal spooks, this one coming back, it's just like very high stakes, very cool. I love it a lot. It looks pretty good. At this point, before we get on with what happens next, so yeah, she, she turned, the shit all turns back into whatever it was and she walks home in the rain. Before we move on with the fucking sort of conclusion of this film, I'd like to play a new game that we've devised, Jacko. Oh. I think this game's a lot of fun. And what I need you to do, Grace, so this, this game, this game is called that's gross. That's just a little name that I That's just, kind of you know, fun, I think. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. The idea is, what if we have a guest on because we're doing a remake? We get the guest to pull up the box office gross of the movie. And Jackson and I have to guess what the box office gross of the movie was. Alright. I reckon I can probably guess it. I'm going to write it down. Oh uh, yeah, write it, it down. Whoa. Put it in an envelope. Put it across the room. Yeah. yeah. Nah. It's in a gold briefcase. Number 14. Andrew O'Keefe. <laughs> Please? Please? Who? From the, Deal or No Deal? From, slash deal like, or no from deal like 5.30 to 6pm on, your, on your TV screens for years now. <laughs> Primetime game show yeah. boy, Andrew O'Keefe. Channel 7 darling. Global gross to date. Alright, I'm just going to throw out a number that feels mm-hmm. right. right to me. Yep. I'm going to say... $500 million for this movie. I'm going to say $380 million. What are we talking about, Gracie? Give it to us. $543 million. Oh, that was close, Whoa. man. Yeah. That was a fucking yeah, yeah, blind yeah. shot. Shit. <laughs> right, yeah. Shit Do you want to know what the um, the budget it was off the back of? Yeah, go on. $95 million. That's a lot, man. That's yeah, pretty good. Pretty that good. is a pretty lot good. for a what did you, uh What did you write down? I way overdid it. What did you think? $6 billion. Did you over My favourite movie. Did you ever Who wouldn't based watch on this how a million much you times in the movie? cinema? I said 800 million. <laughs> oh. So she walks up in the rain. She's like, they're before the stepsisters and stepmother get back. They'll come in. They sp- spin a bunch of bullshit. They're like, oh, the prince, he, there was this rude girl who danced with him, but he sent her packing and the royal guard chased her away. And Lady Tremaine's like, shut up, you idiots. Yeah, they're just like talking trash, but like, and like Ella, well, Cinderella at this point, I guess, is just kind of like, ha ah, ha, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. She goes upstairs to write in her diary, but Lady Tremaine is suspicious. No, sorry, we have to address the suspicious. Like, yep. how is she suspicious? Yep. Like, does she just like, oh, it's probably magic. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Where does it come from? Like, she's Particularly sees- if there is a whole thing about like, the glamour that like the fairy godmother puts on her. It's kind of like, how is she possibly being like, oh, like she mm, sees, I don't buy this. She sees Cinderella sort of like swaying back and forth in the kitchen, and that is the impetus for her to be like, it was her. Yeah. The woman I saw with a different face. Keeping in mind, this is a girl who, <laughs> when she, this is a girl who, when she was relegated to living in the attic, was like, "Oh, lovely! What a beautiful space!" No one will bother me here. Yeah, and then so she gets there, and she sees her dancing, singing away, and she's like. Bitch was at the ball and sold I just know it. I, I know, know she was it. in a magic outfit. Yeah. There's no way it was anything else. Uh, and now we're back hanging out with our boy Kit. And this is the point I've written down. Why couldn't they just put him in any other pants? There's <laughs> like, there's a lot going on here. They know what the people want. Yeah. That's true. That's true. They've done. They've yeah. They horny for this one. <laughs> How deliberate do you think it was? That's actually an interesting thing I haven't considered to be like, because like. 
something for the kids, something for the mums. Like exactly, you know, one for them, one for you. Yeah. Like there's no way. There's like. No, you know what I think it was? I think they wanted the um. What's his name again? Richard, Richard Madden. They wanted the Richard Madden booty, but they didn't like bargain for the bulge. Mm. Oh, so the, yeah. so, so they oh yeah, there's yeah, not yeah. really any booty shots. So they invested hard. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there are. You just get distracted just the <laughs> by the bulge. Yeah, because every because literally every time you're not seeing the bulge, you're like, oh, I'm seeing like the bud. He might turn and I might see the bulge again. Like, it's disappointing that the bulge is not real. That it is a cuff. That's upsetting to know. The king's dying. He accepts it, and he's like, you know what, Kit, you're right. You should marry for love. What a guy, you know. Kit's the king now, because the king is dead. Long live the kit. Mm. And he makes a royal decree where he's like, the lady in the glass slippers at the royal ball must present herself at the castle, and if she'll have me, we shall be wed. Now, what I have here is a quote from the film. Okay. And I think it changes everything. Okay. We need not look outside our borders for strength and guidance. Yeah, dude. Is this film a motherfucking pro-Brexit film? <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Think about it, dude. And the Grand Duke represents, like, the EU, like, represents Brussels, dude. Yeah, he's, trying to, actually prevent, he's trying to prevent Brexit. Yeah. And I'm, there's some, literally, there is a foreign princess there that the EU is pushing on him to marry yeah. for, like, all, like, the visions and that sort of thing. And he's like, no, it's my own country where I'll find these people. Yeah. Just a noble country girl. I'm going to go one, hide my dick a, in Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to hang out with any European princesses. No. Yeah, wow. This yes. film is, like, a pro-Brexit film. It's Brexit propaganda, that's yeah. true. Which only makes me love the Grand Duke more. Because he's trying I, to assassinate listen, these Brexit listen, plans. This it was a it was the one redeeming factor I found. It was a turning I was point. like, oh shit, he actually represents like the rest of the world, and this is just yeah, like he represents an, a, a non isolationist political policy, and for that, spare of the moment MVP <laughs> for, being, <laughs> for being the representative of the EU in this movie. Man, in this scene, we also get the I started marking down in numbers. This is the fourth time we hear "Have courage and be kind." Really? Yeah, they really fucking. Drive at and home. Um, there's going to be a few more before we put, <laughs> there put we this do. puppy so, to bed. <laughs> put this puppy to bed. So Cinderella's in the t- <laughs> Oh, nice. There's going to be the closing one. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah, end nice. on that. We'll in addition, that. in addition to forgetting to do remakeability ratings in last week's episode, sorry guys, we also forgot to include our catchphrases in this one. So yeah. you know what? Grace has added hers. So that's good. So we're going to close on your catchphrases. No, we'll close on yours, Grace. Don't yeah, worry. Yours, we're going to duck back. Yours is way better. Yeah. Um. Elle is in the town square. She hears this royal decree. Instead of going straight to the castle to put on the glass slipper that she left behind, she's like, you know what I'm going to do is go home first. And just fucking like max out. Like just, just like, like <laughs> lord it over everyone here. Oh, I'm going to do the dishes. Yeah, like, I'll do the dishes. One last time. Yeah. When I'm the queen, <laughs> yeah. you fucking idiots. You fucking dumb idiots. <laughs> because she's not only marrying the prince... She's now marrying the, the king. king. Dude. She's like, not a princess. It's not about being a princess. She's it's about to become the fucking queen. Yeah, exactly. So she goes home for, for no reason. But of course, Lady Tremaine has stolen the other shoe that she was going to get. Lady Tremaine proceeds to give us her whole sob story. Where she's basically like... She talks about how she married for love and had two daughters who she actually kind of adored. And then her husband died. And so she married, like, for, for money, money, essentially... To provide for her daughters, and then that yeah. dude died, and now she's stuck with like this, this like like. So daughters who she calls idiots. Yeah, in the story, yeah, of course, of them. course. But my point is, 
is that this sob story actually starts off like semi-believable and you're like, oh, they're actually giving a motive to this character. Well, and then it goes off the fucking rails and she becomes so irredeemable. Like, Particularly the point where she insists, like, she's like, and then of course I wanted to marry off my dumb daughter to the prince and you got in the way of that. And it's like, yeah. no. Like, up until that point it was like, oh, that's actually, I can see how there's some suffering involved. And then it's like, the entitlement just like, sweeps like, it away and you're a bad character now. There's certainly suffering involved. I'm not going to deny that. But like, the, the closest thing to motivation for why she's so awful to Cinderella comes a little later in the scene where Cinderella's like, what do you mean? And she's like, because you're young and pretty and good and fuck you, basically. I think that's, that's more a fault on the part of the screenwriters. I, I, I think as I in, mean, yeah, the whole character is the, a fault but I think, on the part but I think of the earlier when we see her, her reaction to what the, the father says about, like, um, like when he talks to Cinderella before he leaves and when yeah, Father John comes crying. back she's sad about it and when Father John comes back and he's talking about like how he only spoke of you and your mother and she's just there hearing it and then she goes like fully evil and merely she's not great but yeah. like there is a world here where like she does marry this guy and is like yes it's for money but like there is something there she proceeds to basically be like, here are my terms for me to give you back your glass slipper. You're going to marry the king, you're going to become the queen, and you're going to install me as the puppet ruler and it's marry my daughters ridiculous. off. Okay, so ridiculous. Why doesn't Ella just go, okay, and then have her beheaded because the next morning when she's the queen? Because we need those ruminations <laughs> on the true nature of love which we get from Cinderella when she's like, I'm not going to betray my love. Yeah, but she doesn't have to betray him. She can just say she's going to betray him, marry yeah, the king, and then you know be like... You she she's got that honour. My... That's no... That's, no. That's, that's... Okay, I understand that she doesn't do it because she refuses to because she has this, like, vague moral code, but my point is that that's bullshit. She should just be like... Yes, you're an awful person. I agree to your terms. I'll totally do that. Become the queen, have absolute power, and be like, you know what? I don't have to do anything you told yeah. me to do. I'm not sure if I vibe with you on capital punishment. So. <laughs> yeah. But like, in terms of like... She doesn't this, have to do it. For, for, me, like, for me, the vibe is more like the stepmother, like, I'm happy to defend at least parts of the motive. And then here she's like, also, if you think you're going to marry that prince, fine but you better make me the actual real ruler. She actually goes and makes a play here. She takes the broken slipper, which she broke when Ella wouldn't do what she said. She takes it to the Grand Duke, and she's like, uh, here's what I want in exchange for hiding the fact that the prince fell in love with a dirty peasant girl. Uh, I want to be uh, some kind of royal a court. A countess. And I want favourable marriages for my daughters. And the Duke's like, yeah, no worries, done. And then she's like, fantastic. I'm getting Cersei Lannister vibes in this scene, man. Yeah. She's yeah. playing the Game of Thrones and she's ready to win and not die. Yeah, so then we move into the the famed scene of finding the lady with the small foot. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot to add to this scene. You've seen it a million times before. There's like a little bit like there's like a plucky baker that has some funny things to say. But essentially, it's just like a long montage of everyone like rolling around this country, trying out every foot they can find until they get to the last house the they've last tried. House. There's the one more house. house. <laughs> right before it all starts, Kit says something pretty challenging, which is even if she doesn't want to be found. <laughs> Yeah, I, I must gonna, see her again. I wasn't going to do that, but yeah, it's, it is, it's not great. So they show up at the final house in the country, which I guess is Ella's house, and uh, one of the sisters is at the window like, Let them in! Which is actually very <laughs> funny. She, she nails that line. Uh, and Lady Tremaine, dude, opens the door here, 
The way she opens the door is fucking amazing. Like, she opens the door and just, like, throws herself against the doorframe and is like, Oh, gentlemen, what can I do for you? And she's, like, fully stretched out. Yeah, it's so Kate good. physicality in this movie yeah, she's is very, so yeah. great. Yeah, it, she really nails it in yeah. this scene in particular. So, the stepsisters are trying on the shoe, they can't fit the shoe, and, okay. Ella starts singing. Which, for me, is like... You're taking a Disney musical, you've remade it, you've not had any songs, and then like five minutes before the end of the movie, you're like, what if there's a song? No, dude. You've missed the crucial yeah. point, and this is, justifies the use of the cute animals. You see, there's a quick shot where two of the, like, two of the mice start talking to two birds. Those two yeah. birds head on upstairs, and then she starts, as she has been interacting with the animals um, throughout the entire film... Start singing a little song. I'm not talking about the in-movie motivations for starting to sing. I'm talking about making the movie being like, we're not going to have the character sing at any point. It's a remake of a musical until the end when the character starts singing. But this is actually the song that her mum sang at the very start of the film. Sure. I'm just like, you could just... Yes. If you're going to make a musical, have some songs in it. I don't don't wait till the end of the movie and then be like, here's a song. Part of the scene, which was so sad to me, where it's like you have the um, narrator voice being like, Cinderella was like stockpiling these memories away of the prince and they would just become happy like, memories. Distant, yeah. distant, happy and, like, memories. That was enough for her. Girl, it was yeah. so she's, sad. She's unstoppable. Like everything rolls off her back. Yeah. She's like, oh well, I'm just going to dance around the room and just remember the prince. He was such a cool guy. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they leave because like the, that is the Grand Duke and the captain leave because they're like, oh, this doesn't fit any of the stepsisters and then mm. they hear some little singing through the yeah. window. The captain hears some singing and is like, oh, what's good? Let's, uh, <laughs> like... There's another lady in the house. What's happening here? And the Duke's just like, no, that's not true. Because <laughs> he's and organized the a treaty. Yeah. With the fucking yeah. other princess. Yeah. And, and, and with Lady Tremaine. And then like the, the captain's like, no, I really think there's someone here. We should investigate. And oh. he's like, no, we should go. And then... This reveal, man. <laughs> on a horse with the rest of the army. Wait. <laughs> you hear that singing? Let us tarry a moment. And fucking like... The, I mean, I guess King Kit. Yeah. Just fucking... Rips off his hat, <laughs> rips off his blue jacket, revealing a green a jacket green beneath. And he's like, Yes, it was I, the king, the whole time. Double jacket, I guess. <laughs> I guess under like a fairy godmother glamour to hide the fact that like the king that they served was very clearly and not very well disguised, like in the army that they were traveling around with the whole time. What I want to know is if he was gonna devote the time to doing it. Why didn't he just go around himself? Yeah. He's like, I guess right, to like catch out the Duke, I'll but like. follow you around. Yeah. I'm gonna hide here the whole time. We also he- get this very good line from the captain when he sort of like questions Lady Tremaine about the singing, and she's like, for nothing, there's no woman here. And he's like, has your cat learned to sing? <laughs> yeah, it's very good. And for me, the captain got an MVP for this scene here. Yeah. All right, he was fair like, enough. So, so good. So, the smug look on Richard Madden's face in this moment when he reveals himself and he's just like, mm, I've been here the whole time, Duke. How do you feel about that? It's just like, it's so powerful, the smugness. There's no escaping it. The stepmother has one last attempt of being like, you're, you're, a, you're, you're a wench. And this is fucking... why she misplays it to me. Like, she must... Surely Cersei Lannister would see the tide turning against her and be like, you know what I gotta do is start trying to curry favour. Instead she's like, you'll never succeed. It becomes almost like a personal grudge. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. and she just plays herself 
in a, like the worst possible way. Hundred um, percent. The captain brings Ella down. Uh, she sees uh, the king, who I can only imagine has been staring at his reflection the mirror for about scene, ten dude. minutes. He's just looking into the mirror. It's so strange. I mean, if he had that face, it wouldn't. Be... Yeah, I guess so. Maybe. I mean, I'd probably be angling the mirror down. <laughs> 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 uh, and then he's just kind of like, like they have this like this uh, meeting again, where like she's like, if you'll have me as I am, then. I'll have you I'm as you are. Oh. standing in front of a pool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very... And then... Ugh. Yeah. Okay, when... this was a bit silly to me. When they, like, they find each other again. Like, of course they know that it's, like, each and other. And he's like, but I am going to just sit down. <laughs> assume the position. Yep. Get that foot Let out. Let me just see I that foot. I will only it's marry very you if foot the shoes right. Yeah, I got th- Literally, I thought the film had set it up to be, like, like, her being like, do you want me to try on the, sh- on the shoe? And he's like... Why would I care about that? And yeah. I was like, that'd be fucking dope. Him being like, I know it's you. It doesn't matter. But no, it's Disney. But no, it's like, no, no, no. Need, need this foot pop. Like, yeah. yeah it's... And then, dude. So then, like, yeah, all right, they're going to get married. The stepsisters come in, the stepmother, and they're like, we're so sorry, Ella. And then I just, like, got in my head a thing where it's just like, imagine if she just turns to him and she's just like, killed them. Yeah. Killed <laughs> like, them. Uh, have them executed. Yeah. And then the end of the movie is just them like, yeah. Yeah. fucking like, their like, heads, cages, their heads yeah. on pikes as yeah. the credits roll. Yeah. But like the like the sisters come in and they apologize and like they're being kind of scummy but like also there are moments in the film where the stepsisters seem like they, they're like they suck but they're not like they're like the Nazis who didn't have any control. Like they were just following orders. They were yeah, just like, in a sense, you yeah. know, like the yeah. stepmothers being like, be a, be awful to Cinderella, and they're like, okay, that benefits us. Yeah, but like, for example, it. when they're talking about the prince, like, earlier at the ball, before, like, the stepmother sits down and starts talking herself, like, they're kind of just, like, chatting about it, like, excitedly with, like, Ella, yeah, and, like, including and like, her in that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Go yeah. after the prince. Yeah, and so, like, it's kind of like, oh, maybe the stepsisters are actually, like... In some way, I mean, pressured by, like, you know, her mm. becoming a queen, but, like, maybe repentant. Instead, what we get from the stepmother is her striking a pose yeah. and just looking as evil as she can. And then Ella just turns around at the end of all this and is like, oh, I forgive you. And it's just like... Yep. Then we get the weirdest line of narration, which is, and then the family and the duke left the country never to return. Yeah. Just, like, one which line, is, throw away. I mean, well, it's code for their being Yeah, exactly. Dude. They were, they were disappeared they, by the government. The, yeah. the duke <laughs> and the step-family were never seen again. Yeah, it's like... They must po- have gone to Luxembourg. When political dissidents in China just leave yeah, the country. Yeah, 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 that's what happened here. This whole movie is a disinformation campaign covering up the political murders of Lady Tremaine and her daughters. Uh, but then there's a wedding, and now it's over. Yeah, the, like the like the what, what, what's the fucking catchphrase? The um, have courage and be kind. Have courage and be kind. That's their vows, I guess, or like that's mm. part yeah. of that. They say to one another, they go out there and they're like, "We'll always be happy together." They like, mm. do they kiss? I can't remember. Yes. They and do. then they kiss in front of everyone. Everyone's super jazzed about it, and the film ends. Yeah. So there you go. If you want to find us on social media, there's lots of ways you can do that. You know, if you want to find the show, you'd go look for at SI Curio Show on Twitter or at Curio Network on either Facebook or Twitter. Those are both good places to go. You can check us out, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this right now. As Twitter accounts go, like, it's really not that confronting. Like, it's just us, yeah. like, sharing episodes and that sort of thing. There's very little jokes. racial hate. No, there's not, like... It's, like, it's pretty... I, I'm, I'm not saying, like, Twitter's None. ever a safe space. <laughs> but, like, you know, yeah. it's, like... 
We don't abuse female journalists for posting articles about Trump, so no, if yeah. you're into that... Well, not yet, anyway, I don't yeah, know. I mean, yeah. maybe one day, but, you know. <laughs> for right now, we haven't yeah. had anything that's incensed us enough to talk into that. Uh, if you want to find me, uh, you can check me out at MrBT McAllister on Twitter. You know how it is. I'm there. Yeah, I'm at, uh, at Jackson underscore Usid. I'm at Grace underscore Chapel. Yeah, it's kind of because like, uh, like I guess Grace is like the first guest we've had on the show that's like affiliated with Curio, and that's thus true. like it's kind of like you know if you've ever heard the our, our good D and D show or Odds and Ends, you're probably quite hey, familiar with it. Go listen to Odds and Ends if you haven't uh, mm-hmm. heard it. It's Grace's show. The six episodes of it. She talks to people about their lives, and it's very like actually good and interesting. And, like, you might actually get something out of it, as opposed to what you get out of listening to this show or HWA, where it's just a bunch of ding-dongs. Yeah, as opposed to my Twitter, which is mostly still interested at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And, like, some yeah. fertility stuff. Yeah, lots yeah. of fertility stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time for a little post-show round. Mm-hmm. Shall we wrap up our MVPs? Yeah, let's yes. do that. Shall we try and figure out who it is? And an LVP. A, a lot of MVPs this time. Yeah, it's pretty good. I believe I nominated the stepmother at some point, just for being so fucking extra and amazing. I definitely nominated uh, Ella's mum, like, mm. real early. Ella's mum, yeah. I've got the goose man for just being cool when he's a goose and then being amazing when he has to drive a carriage with no experience yeah, and doing a great yeah. job of it. I had Farmer John before I realised he was the murderer that killed the girl. That's true, so he can't have it anymore, unfortunately. I also had the MVP to Liz Man for his pep talk, but I then rescinded it for him coming on screen. Yep, that's true. So so he, I think he gets the MVP and the LVP. Give him the nod. And then I've also got the impromptu one for the Duke for being the anti-Brexit campaigner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are we thinking, guys? I got uh, also ones? the captain I had as well. Okay, all right. I thought for being yeah. like a, a a light of hope throughout. I had the um, Lily James for mm-hmm. her, the actress um, Lily James. Yeah, yeah, interactions with imaginary CGI mm-hmm. animals, and I had Richard Madden's white tights and his dentist, right? <laughs> and his, yeah, well, very important elements of this film. Yeah. Now, yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that second one because I feel like there's nothing we spent more time talking about than Richard Madden's tights. <laughs> I feel like if you were going to like talk about well, like, a consistent effort throughout the movie, I feel like the tights are... They put in a lot of work. They do. I mean, yeah. they got to keep that it's thing like back. Fucking damn you know, wall. That's a full-time job. Yeah, Jesus. I'm thinking the tights might, might be a contender. <laughs> I reckon the tights is a pretty good one. Yeah. You know? I think the tights, they put in work over yeah. the course yeah. of the movie. Well, who, who had a more like exhausting and like powerful performance than the tights that kept that th- that dick in those pants? You yeah. Know what I mean? like, yeah. And, and away who, from those kids. Mm. Like, who had more on. impact on the marketing of the movie than the tights? Yeah. You know? Alright, I think we're all agreed then. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's true. I knew more about this yep. film due to his mm-hmm. dick bulge than anything else. I completely like, agree. I hadn't seen the movie. I knew that Richard Madden had too much dick for Disney. Well, there you go. What about LVPs? As far as I'm aware, we're basically thinking Lizard Man and or the Fairy Godmother. Yeah. I'd like to give it to Lizard Man. <laughs> okay. Well, I know <laughs> you hated him coming on screen. I, I missed that part even. Um, it was very bad. For me... <laughs> For me, <laughs> yeah. Although I'm sure there are people out there that, that like, I think else? they realized that it was uh, a good thing for them. I also had the stepmother as an LVP I purely am. because of like how much she like jumps off the deep end and runs away from anything sensible into she, just like boning herself. She also does the traverse, yeah, yeah. The MVP LVP traverse. No, that's true. I mean, I think like. 
Totally, I agree. Oh, she, the stepmother. She does. Uh, the godmother, sorry. Yeah, the fairy godmother, yeah. right? So it's the godmother, the lizard man, and the stepmother. I think, like, the stepmother, while she has some awful moments, she also has some very strong plays. Sure. So I would I would look at godmother or lizard man. And of those two, I could really go either way. I hate the lizard yeah. man and everything he's about. Mm. Um, well, he's sort of like some sort of uh, like a night terror or a boogeyman. Yeah, you know? he's, he's a real the, the lizard man that takes you where you need to go, but then comes when he eats bugs. I think, <laughs> like his little pep talk brings him back from the edge. I think it has to be Godmother. Godmother, yeah. yeah. Is that two yeah. in a row? Yeah, we did give it to man. Godmother last time. Uh, I mean, hey, but like it warrants it. To be if fair. the shoe fits. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. End of you know, I was gonna prolong that bit, but that's too good. So let's yeah. move on. <laughs> Uh, shall we talk about some trivia, yeah. guys? Yes. Yeah, Hit me up with it. Okay. In the ballroom dance, many of the dresses designed are based on the dresses of various Disney princesses. Belle from Beauty and the Beast, Tiana from The Princess of the Frog, Aurora from Sleeping Beauty, Snow White from Snow White, Mulan, and Ariel can be spotted. That wow, is yeah. such a fucking smug thing to do. Yeah, to that Kenneth like, Branagh was like, yeah, have all the other princesses, like, like symbolically present, to but they're gonna choose my princess <laughs> yeah. because my film was the best Disney film. Yeah, and they're all just fucking playing second fiddle to Cindy. Um, a total of ten thousand Swarovski crystals were placed one by one on the blue dress <laughs> and in Lily James' hair. That is a lot. Oh That's ten to the power of four. That's a lot of crystals. Do you know I've actually seen the dress? Whoa! Yeah, I saw it at an exhibition at the VNA. Whoa! Like, is it? Does it look cool in person, or is it kind of like underwhelming? It looks very cool. Oh, wow. And the waist looks so small. I mean, it's got 10,000 fucking Swarovski crystals yeah. on it. That is an inordinate number. It, like, really did shimmer when she would was yeah. running away, and I just thought it was, like, after effects. That is too movie magic. Yeah. That is an unimaginably large number. The iconic blue dress in the film, oh, Gracie, no, had a total of eight versions made, all used, uh. depending on what Lily James was doing in the scene in which the dress was worn. For example, one dress was four inches off the ground for her running, and another dragged on the ground slightly for her hindrance to the ball. Wow. So this is the, the dress literally changes from scene to scene. How's this for insane? For the blue dress. There was a total of 270 yards of fabric used and two miles of hem. Hem. Two, that is 3,200 meters. Now, what exactly is hem? Like the hem of Isn't the dress. Like the bottom, the bottom oh, part of it. Right. it 3,200 meters of it. I mean, there's like 20 layers of that thing. There must yeah, be. There must be. That's oh. the only way. The final dancing scene. What is the final dancing scene? When do they dance? The characters, Lily James and Helena Bonham Carter, sing songs from the original in the credits. Oh, they did that point of remake. Wow, they really yeah, did. Really did. Yeah, over the end credits, Lily James sings her version of "A Dream Is a Wish yeah. Your Heart Mates," yeah. and Helena Bonham Carter sings her version of "Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo." I never knew that. Wow. Wait, so when's the final dance? I have no idea. That's what I'm trying to oh, figure no. out. I can only think of it's a secret dance, dude. Maybe maybe Kenneth Branagh wrote that note because Kenneth Branagh thought they kept it in the final cut, but some Disney oh, exec cut so it out, sad. and he's never actually watched maybe, the movie. Maybe her dress wasn't big enough to hide his bulge. This one, <laughs> but it's on the Blu-ray. Yeah, hey, mm. that's true. Nonso Azoni, the captain, and Richard Madden, the prince, both appeared on Game of Thrones as Zaro Daxos and Rob Stark, respectively. Dude, I knew I recognized that guy. He's the dude from Calf. Who's from Calf? Who's like yeah. the big bank boy? Yeah. Fucking hell, he's totally in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, 
Alright, I have a question for you guys. Mm. You know how obviously Disney are doing this kind of remaking of everything good that yeah, they're exactly. taking over the world. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> so we've had Beauty and the Beast, they're doing The Lion King, mm -hmm. announced. Mm. If you could see one Disney classic remake, which would it be? Which is right Hercules. for being remade. But would it work in live action? I Treasure Planet. <laughs> yeah, Treasure Planet's a good one. Treasure Planet would be fucking um, dope. With fucking JGL in it, like yeah. the like live action this time. Are you kidding me? And or the fucking Atlantis one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also pretty good. But I think Hercules. Both of them could do with like a, a real retooling of the script. But like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah like, much like this film. It's such a good film and such a forgotten It film. is the most underrated Disney movie. Yes. That's my vibe on it. Helena Bonham Carter has a total of 10 minutes of screen time in the film as the fairy godmother. That's a lot more than she gets in the original movie. I was actually, I was wondering when I watched this the first time, whether they do the, you know, that horrifying thing in the original... Cutting Cinderella. off the foot? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a common misconception that Disney's Cinderella and subsequently this film cut some of the more violent and disturbing elements of the Brothers Grimm fairy tale, such as the stepsisters cutting off their heels and toes to make their slipper fit and birds pegging out their eyes in order to make the film more family friendly. In truth, Disney did not base the film on the Brothers Grimm's Aschenputtel, but rather on Charles Perrault's 1697 yeah. Cinderella. Perrault's oh. version includes the fairy godmother and the pumpkin coach that are absent from the Grimm version and does not include the more sinister elements. Both films credit the film as based on the Perrault story. So there you go, Grace. Get out of here with your disinformation, fakey fake bullshit about fucking the brothers. <laughs> Still Interested is a production of The Curio Network and hosted by Ben McAllister and Jackson Usid. We are produced by me, Grace Chappell. Editing by Jackson Usid. Theme music is Anitra's Dance, composed by Edward Grieg. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Curio Network and at SI Curio Show. We'd love to hear from you if you've got thoughts about the show, so find us on Facebook or Twitter. If you like the show, think about giving us a rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It actually is really helpful. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where I talk with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them. Or How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, where we play D&D. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. We'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>